are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. Dance safe out there.
hombres de profesión Con corbata se trajeaban Y dos franjas le pintaban al carro por distinción Choferes de profesión Con corbata se trajeaban Y dos franjas le pintaban al carro por distinción A recordar la ruta Suárez Y también los de Delicia llegaban a refrescarse en la choza de Mirilla que entraban los de la limpia y también los de Delicia llegaban a refrescarse a recordar la ruta Saraca y Veras de la era verdadera del transporte popular de Torto Hello and welcome back to CJSW 90.9. My name is Arlington and I'm here with uh, lovely guest Carlos. How are you doing, Carlos? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining me today. Um, before we um, dive in again and kind of go along with um, this interview, I just want to kind of hit upon what music we just heard. So the first song at the top of the set you heard was Caracas Caracas by Un Solo Pueblo from their album Caracas Caracas. Followed by La Rutas Maracaiberas from their album, or by Los Mejores de la Gaita, by their album, oh, sorry, by Venezuela Habla from their album La Mejores Gaita, Volume 1. And with that, um, I'd like to introduce my guest today, Carlos. How are you doing, Carlos? Tell me about yourself. Who are you and what do you study? Well, who I am, uh, well, the reason you heard a lot of Venezuelan music today is I'm a Venezuelan, came to this country when I was eight years old, seven years old. Lived in Fort McMurray, moved down to Calgary, um, graduated last year with a Bachelor of Kinesiology, and for some reason I decided to come back to university and do an education degree. For some reason, hey? It's yeah. all good. Kinesiology, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I believe the questions are due here. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on education? What did, what, wait, why did you come back and want to get into education, first of all? Well, when I came into my kinesiology degree, I wanted to either, either be a doctor, I wanted to be a pediatrician, or I wanted to be a physiotherapist. 
did some practicums here and there, which reminds me, everybody, do your practicums, do your co-ops, do everything that you can. And I decided, hey, that route, the clinical route, is just not for me. I was talking to one of my professors, and she said, well, you know, education is a type of healthcare. You're teaching people preventative healthcare. So that's when I decided, October of last year, I applied, and the rest is history. The rest is history. You are right with that, my friend. All right, but I want to ask you, what does education mean to you? Education to me is not only the great equalizer. I think that's a little, turned into a little bit of a cliche, but it's, and it's not just a means to an end, but it is the way that we get people to be good people in the world and to be people that will do something not only for themselves, but for those around them. Amazing. So why is education important to you? Well, education is important to me because of my, my background, where I come from. Uh, both my grandparents uh, stopped their schooling in grade six. Um, my grandfather built houses all of his life uh, down in Venezuela for the National Institute of Housing. And they wanted something better for their family. So um, I, I thought, well... My mother was a librarian. She was at a school. She did the job of a teacher. And I think, well, I love education so much. I love learning so much. And learning is a good thing. Nobody can ever say learning is a bad thing. So I just want to spread that joy of learning to students all around the world. Thank you. I, I definitely resonate with that joy. Honestly, being a, um, being a political refugee from Colombia as well, or neighboring countries, yeah. and then you know moving to Canada and having the opportunity to learn French in Montreal and then moving to Calgary later on in my life and being able to be a trilingual and being an ongoing learner, I really recommend, like, don't let school get in the way of your education, right? Like, here we're not talking, we're talking about education beyond just an institution. We're talking about the practice of ongoing learning. Am I right here, Carlos? Lifelong learner, yes. which is basically the goal of K-12 through education. We want you to be a lifelong learner. We want you to be always seeking out new information and always, as I like to say, questioning that information. Question your truth, question what is right and wrong, and question what people are telling you. That's fantastic. All right, Carlos, we're going to go into a music break, but after that, we're going to continue with this fantastic interview. So up next, the song you're going to hear is La Parabolica by Gaiteros de Pilopo and followed by Amparito by Maricabo 15. And with that, see, this has been CJSW 90.9. This is the SU Weekly Show, keeping it locked. Y vino el primer pelón, nadie nos había explicado que la tal programación era en inglés avanzado. Mis hijos, mi esposa y yo hicimos curso de inglés, me costó una realazón. Igualito que de En mi casa ya instalé Maravilla tecnológica Muchos programas se ven Con mi antena parabólica Mi mujer parece automata Pegada a la TV No puede ser chico Para, para, bólica Para, para, bólica Para, para, bólica Ya me conecté Me conecté Para, para, bólica Para, para, bólica Para, para, bólica Ya me conecté No me contestan el hola, ella se acuesta a las tres, me deja pelando a solas, verdadero absurdo es este asunto que me pasa, al mundo me conecté y desconectado en casa. En mi casa ya instalé. 
como siempre ya en Japón Inventaron otra antena Chiquita, barata y buena 100% superior Desde entonces estoy yo Pensando qué voy a hacer En la vieja y a poner A secar la ropa al sol En mi casa ya instalé
Hello and welcome back to CJSW 90.9. My name is Arlington and I'm here with my special guest today, Carlos. What's up? How are you doing, Carlos? I'm good. This is the SU Weekly Show. Carlos is a student. Well, he graduated from kinesiology and he's ongoing in his Bachelor of Education now. So just before we left off, um, the songs that you just recently heard was at the top of the set, you heard La Parabolica by Gaiteros uh, Piopo. After that, you had Amparito by Maracaibo 15. All right. And just before the break, we, we were having this wonderful conversation about the importance of education and what, in, what education means to an education student. But I want to ask you this, Carlos. <clears throat> what is your perspective on being a student, as a, a student of education, now that you had to shift into a teaching role? From your point of view, what is... Well, the first thing uh, when you do that shift, you do in education at the University of Calgary, you do a first practicum. That first practicum is smack middle of your first term if you're doing the after degree like I am. And it's just two weeks. It's 10 days in the school, seeing what's going on, observations. You're taking a lot of notes. You should see my notebook from it. And the biggest shift is, is what I have seen is when you're a student, you do not know what happens on the other side of that of the classroom. You do not yeah. know what si- happens on the other side of the desk. We like to think that because we've all been through a school, we all know what it's like to teach. We all know that it's like to, what it's like to be a teacher. You, you really don't because teaching encompasses so much more than just preparing a lesson plan. You have to keep thinking all about what is going to resonate with my students, first of all. So I like a little story that I like to say here is I had a um, cooperating teacher who told me, I don't even like hockey, but I just watched the hockey game because there's this one student who comes to me and says, I want to talk about the hockey game last night, and that's their way of bonding. Other, uh, other students, they want to be at school, but they don't like what's going on around them or they don't have a good family life, or some of them even come into school and their sweatshirts haven't been washed in about a month because parents haven't had the time to do so. So, it's, again, being a teacher is not just about balancing curriculum. It's about balancing everything that's going on in the students' lives because for those seven hours that they're there with you, you are the person responsible for them at the end of the day. That's fantastic and so wholesome. Yeah, and you're right. Um, I remember the most memorable teachers would be the ones for me that would make an effort to get to know me. And, like, as an immigrant children or a child, I was thinking, damn, like, I just barely learned French and I'm trying to learn English. And I remember my first day in grade three, like, I've always gone by Antonio, my second name, but now I go by Arlington. And when I went to get my, like, when I went into the classroom, they didn't have a name for Arlington, so I was freaking out. But then they did have one for Antonio, and I was like, what? What's happening? And, you know, I always appreciated how the teachers could personalize and really empathize with, like, what a student's going through, especially if it's such a transition of, like, going from a different environment that's very important mm-hmm. and I, yeah well yeah so for example at the school that i i was at it was inner city school um lots of refugees at that school and we even had some refugees from ukraine and mm-hmm. who were just learning to speak english and sitting down with them when you're at the grade eight level you're not learning curriculum if you're still learning how to speak english you're literally just learning what a dog and a cat and a mouse and that is so being able to tailor to every single student is hard, mm-hmm. but what we like to say is as long as you can reach that student and their identity, you will be able to make them learn whatever curriculum you want them to learn. That's powerful right there. 
That's very powerful. Um, and just building up on this, I just wanted to ask what your perspective is now that you're seeing the environment, the the political landscape that we're seeing with um, this 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 shift on the I guess privatization of education and the ongoing um, I guess there's ongoing disputes in terms of the elementary curriculum, right? Yeah. And the K to twelve curriculum yeah. and how. Um, what are your perspectives on that? And how how could that actually like could that be a positive thing? Could that be a negative thing? Can you shed some more light on that? I know yes. you're, you're pretty involved in that yeah. landscape, so yeah. So uh, I, again, I, I will say I don't speak for anybody today, uh, but speaking for myself and only for myself, there needed to be a curriculum shift. We we all know that. We all have to accept that there needed to be a curriculum shift. For example, the Spanish curriculum was last updated in 1980 something. The science curriculum and the social studies curriculum is still from 2005. So we needed to update curriculum. Curriculum has to be updated to keep up with the world. However, curriculum cannot be updated by politicians. And that's what, at the end of the day, politicians need to get out of the curriculum. We need to have teachers, developmental psychologists, people who know what they're doing, teach, learn, uh, guiding us through what needs to be that we teach children. So what do I mean by that? Let's, the ministry has a responsibility to ensure that there is a curriculum at the end of the day. Sure, we can give that to the ministry. We can give the ministry the ability to give the resources to the teachers, but they should not be the ones that are leading curriculum redesign in terms of what is actually going on in the curriculum. Who should we give that to? First of all, it should be teachers. Teachers know what is going on in their classrooms. Teachers know what is developmentally appropriate at every single age. Number two, it needs to be the developmental psychologists, the historians, all of those people, the mathematicians. We need all of those people, the people in industry even. We want people who are currently working for the major corporations, even though uh, they might have they come with their own biases. Everybody comes with their own biases. But we need to know to prepare our students for the future of, for what the future is. We cannot have them learning mathematics the way they were learning mathematics twenty years ago. That's just not going to happen. Something else that we've been talking about is the use of AI in education. There is a place for it because one of my STEM professors, what he did say is Students are gonna, were going to be left behind for teachers who did not implement computer usage in their classroom in the early 2000s and 90s. So at the end of the day, this long-winded rant, what I'm trying to get at is give it back to the people who know about education, the researchers, the psychologists, the teachers, the people in the industry. And the government has their place. They should be involved, but they should be involved in the resources. We need more resources in the schools. Schools are getting left behind. As we even here at the university, we know the budget cuts. There's budget cuts going on all around, all around the province in schools. Paraeducators, um, teachers assistants, all of those people need to be in the classroom every single day, helping students. Because a paraeducator is not just for the students that are with IEPs or learning disabilities or some other things like that. Paraeducators help every single student from ELL to your normal student. Who may just be struggling with math that day. You need all of those people and defunding of education. What it does is it creates a society where nobody's prepared. We're preparing too few people for the job of the many. That was really well said. No, and I appreciate you being here today to shed some light, especially in taking into consideration that you just finished your practicum and you have eyes on the field. That's a very important. Mm -hmm. It's very important to get that feedback back. You know, me as a as a student union representative, especially at the executive level, I feel like sometimes it's really hard to get more of that um, on the ground, like um, case study more, I would say. But even even beyond that, I feel like now I know that you're an education rep. I would love to put them in contact with you or her with you because I feel like you would benefit from having a conversation and, and then maybe there's some areas of collaboration you guys can advocate on because at the end of the day in the student like 
student organizations matter because even though all this seems that, that we do is advocate and like plan and organize for a better day but it's important that we do this as this builds up momentum and this builds up uh, as we like to say like a cultural shift of taking taking politics seriously and realizing that everything's political and, and just because it's not po- don't confuse pol- like political things with ideological things right those no. are separate things but education yeah I, I will say education is political exactly education is about power struggles is about the differentiation of power in society education is political it's always going to be political it has always been political from the time we started education which was or at least what we collect to call standardized education which was in the 1800s it was as a result of the industrial revolution that's a political aspect of education that we don't like to talk about that's why classrooms to this day still look like factories <laughs> and rows and <laughs> this, yeah yeah, this, yeah the factory yeah literally yeah po- it looks like a factory yeah have you been to Diefenbaker High School? <laughs> it looks like a factory. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to Diefenbaker. Shout out to Diefenbaker. Yeah. Um, I went to St. Mary's, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> right now, thank you for that wonderful interlude. Now, we're, uh, we're going to go back to some music. So up next, you're going to hear Venezuela. Venezuela. The way it's supposed to be said. By Luis Silva. And followingly, you're going to hear... Carlos, you want to you want to announce who the second... Sure. You're going to actually hear my aunt, Mayra Martí, and her song, Fuego Lento. You heard that. It's Carlos' on. Yo, Carlos has some interesting heritage up for us. So you're going to hear these two songs, and then we'll go to commercial break, and then we'll come back and dive more into who Mayra Marti was. Um, this is CJSW. Oh, who she is. Oh, she's still alive. Great. Yay, auntie. Let's go. This is CJSW 90.9. This is the SU Weekly Show. Keeping it locked. We'll see you after the break. Soy así, ¿qué voy a hacer? Soy desierto, selva, nieve y volcán Y el andar de una estela Del rumor del llano en una canción Que me desvela La mujer que quiero tiene que ser corazón Escuela, con la piel tostada como una flor de Venezuela
paisaje y mis sueños me iré por esos mundos de Dios y tus recuerdos al atardecer me harán más corto el camino entre tus playas quedó mi niñez tendida al viento y al sol y esa nostalgia que sube a mi voz sin querer se hizo canción de los montes quiero la inmensidad y del río la acuarela y de ti los hijos que sembrarán nuevas estrellas y si un día tengo que naufragar y el tifón rompe mis velas enterrada en mi cuerpo cerca del mar en Venezuela Have you started your journey towards your personal health goals? At Active Living, located at the University of Calgary, we have everything you need to lead the way to healthy active living. We offer diverse facilities, comprehensive programming, and services all open to the public. From group fitness to personal training to having access to one of the biggest racket centers, we have what you need to help you on your journey. Visit activeliving.ucalgary.ca. Fancy yourself the next Oscar-winning filmmaker, ready to produce TV drama to rival House of Cards? Or maybe you dream of becoming a YouTube sensation. Join NUTV to learn the ins and outs of video production at the University of Calgary's campus television station. For over 25 years, NUTV has offered hands-on training to University of Calgary students and the community. Visit nutv.ca or swing by the studio on the third floor of McEwen Hall at the University of Calgary for more information. que de mí salen y otros que de ti vendrán suspiros que de mí salen y otros que de ti vendrán se encuentran por el camino que de cosas se dirán fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido fuego de amor encendido fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido fuego de amor encendido ¿Cómo se va llevando la arena en el río, la arena en el río? ¿Cómo se va Fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido, fuego de amor encendido. Ay, fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido, fuego de amor encendido. Fija en mí siempre tus ojos, porque quieres darme celos. Fija en mí siempre tus ojos, 
Porque si miras los cielos, los cielos miran en ojos Fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido, fuego de amor encendido Fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido, fuego de amor encendido ¿Cómo se va llevando la arena al río, la arena al río? ¿Cómo se va llevando la arena al río, la arena al río? Así se va llevando tu amor el mío, tu amor el mío Fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido, fuego de amor encendido Fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido, fuego de amor encendido Fuego lento, fuego de amor encendido, fuego de amor encendido. Hello, welcome back to CJSW 90.9. This is the Student Union Weekly Show. My name is Arlington Antonio Santiago. I'm the Vice President of Operations and Finance here at the Student Union at the University of Calgary. And today I'm joined by my friend Carlos. Carlos, can you introduce yourself a little bit again? Yeah, so... As I said before, graduated in 2023 uh, from the University of Calgary with a kinesiology degree, came back for an education degree, and here we are in your recording studio. Yeah, uh, it's a CJSW. Yeah, <laughs> 90.9. Anyways, okay. That was wonderful. All right, so the songs, like we had announced before the break, the songs that you were going to hear was Venezuela by Luis Silva. And then the one you just most recently heard was Fuego Lento by Mayra Martí. Do you want to speak on Mayra Marti? Sure, I'll speak on Mayra Marti. She's my aunt, actually. Uh, well, she's my aunt. Wow, yeah, casual. she's my aunt. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she was. She signed on to the record label Sonográfica, which is the national record label of Venezuela, uh, when she was 16 years old. From very very humble beginnings, became a singer. At age 20 something, realized she didn't want to do that anymore. Uh, that life was behind her. Became a, became a lawyer, specializing in criminology. Also has a book out, by the way, on synthesis of criminology. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Pardon my language, but fuck. That's, <laughs> that's fucking sick. Yeah. Um, synthesis of criminology. Uh, is a professor currently at the Central University of Venezuela and a judge of adolescent criminal law in the Venezuelan Tribunal of Justice. <clears throat> No biggie. No biggie. No biggie. No biggie. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's no biggie. Yeah, I mean, you're on your own path, right? Yeah. Yo, I love it. I love when we can speak about how we get inspiration from our ancestors. You know, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You want to dive in a little bit more about your family? I know you were, you were saying you had a lot of humble beginnings, and honestly, just go on. Yeah. So, basically, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about my mom's side, my aunt's side. Um, she, uh, so, basically, my mom has five sisters, six of them in total. God bless my grandfather. Um, they, my grandfather grew up on a farm on an island called Margarita Island. Go search it up. Beautiful place over there. If you want to go to a nice beach, go over there. Um, grew up as a farmer, um, actually working for a farmer, carried milk to all of the houses in the community, stopped his education in grade six. Uh, my grandmother, it was one of, I believe, 12 children. Uh, her father was a fisherman died when she was seven years old also stopped at her education i think it was grade six or even even could have been grade five the records were lost so we don't know when she stopped her education and then built a beautiful family that is now all of us that that this is what we do we love education we this is why it is my role in this life to push education onto others whether that is 
K through 12, university, or just lifelong learning to whoever wants it. Yeah. So we do here at the Student Union, we love public education. We do love public education. You know, I we, love public education. Yeah, we realize, like, look at the shape, the role education shaped in Carlos' family and how those opportunities created new doors for him. But, like, Carlos, you mentioned it's it's the great equalizer, mm-hmm. but it has to become more than that because it's, it's a term that been, that's been kind of co-opted to ma- remain the, on the status quo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that you, you would want to see out of uh, actual, like, <clears throat> I don't know how to phrase this question, um... What are some things that you you find that are fundamental for education to continue to thrive or actually like do you what are some limitations that you see besides obviously budget cuts and mm-hmm. stuff do do you know do you find like there's any maybe a cultural aspect to education that we need to reestablish and reinvigorate and like like how do you see that Yeah we uh, what I think we need to do is bring back education for the sake of education and I know that's a bit, little bit of a controversial take especially with those of us who are looking for education as a mean to, to an end. You know, some of us are in university. We know what we're going to do right after. I'm going to be a teacher. Nurses are going to become nurses. Engineers are going to become engineers. But what we're doing is streaming people too early. We're putting people into categories way too early in life, especially in K-12 education. We're trying to tell people, okay, this is your path. Follow it. Whereas a good, well-rounded education means that you are able to think about different things at the same time. Think about the politicians. Think about the those type of people. They run the world, you know? And politicians might be saying one thing about, yeah, we just need education uh, that it streams people into becoming an engineer or a lawyer. But, hey, they're the ones – we have politicians who became lawyers who are talking about energy policy. We have uh, politicians that – had had some sort of degree and then they became the health minister. They have to be able to talk about those things. They have to be educated on those things. At, le- uh, at least a good politician will be educated on those things. So I don't want people to be taken advantage of by the system by not being able to talk about multiple different things. So what I would say is I would encourage everybody at the University of Calgary, do your minors. Do your minors in English or in education. Yeah, and then you were mentioning something to me as well about the way we can give back to the community. You mentioned volunteering. Do you want to touch upon a little bit of that? Yeah, 100%. So I would tell anybody who wants to know what's currently going on in a classroom, get back in there, contact the local school, say, hey, I want to volunteer in your classroom once a week, maybe once a month. Trust me, there we want adults in the classroom and we need good adults in the classroom. When I was in my practicum, they said, we, do, we don't want you guys to leave. We asked them, is it because we're good student teachers? So like, oh no, we just like having you guys as adults in the classroom because the more adults, the better. Dang. I believe you're a good educator, Carlos. <laughs> you definitely have a way of illustrating what you're, you're trying to convey across for sure. I, I can definitely see the importance of education. I mean, you're bilingual as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I speak Spanish and English. Yeah, see, that's a very important. Yeah. It's very important. All right. But for now, um, let's go back to some music. So up next, you're going to hear Me Voy Enamorando by Chino y Nacho. And after that, you're going to hear a, a little bit of a musical shift. You're going to go and we're going to go into some Colombian music. Champeta specifically, we're going to hear La Invita a Bailar by Kevin Flores. And with that, um, this is CJSW 19.9, keeping it locked. Stay tuned, folks, and thank you for tuning in. Sé que nos sentimos brutal Y a mí me tiene mal 
Y tú sonreías, seguro sabías lo que a los dos nos iba a pasar. Esta es mi forma de decirte hoy, que donde tú me digas hoy, me caes bien. Sé que yo a ti también, ¿por qué no nos besamos? Y que la pegue contra la pared Bien arriba 
Hello and welcome back to CJSW 90.9. This is the SU Weekly Show. My name is Arlington and I'm here with Carlos. How are you doing, Carlos? Yeah, I'm good. Still good. Still good? Fantastic. All right. So just the song you heard at the top of the set, the first one before when we went on break was Me Voy Enamorando by Chino and Nacho. A nice little reggaeton transition there for you. And the song you just most recently heard, La Invité a Bailar by Kevin Flores. This is Champeta from the Caribbean coast of Colombia. 
it was a nice change of rhythm there i i personally appreciate the music you've been putting on for us today carlos i appreciate that it's very easy to listen it's, i know it's very easy listening and it, it represents my people it represents the coast it represents caribbean it's, it's who we are it's where yeah. we are yes and i really appreciate that and speaking of who we are like right now um carlos has a special thing for us he's going to teach us some slang some venezuelan slang so take it away carlos all right so and then, this is just in case you ever meet a venezuelan person and you want to sound funny or approach them yeah or you want to know what they're saying what they're saying if you hear it they might be insulting so you. i'm gonna i'm gonna ask so a lot of venezuelan slang does come from where it's borrowed from english i'll say it's that Spanglish. it's spanglish so arlington i'm gonna ask you some questions yeah, yeah. and let's see which where do you think the word cotufas comes from and what it means Cotufas. 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 Oh my goodness, Cotufas. Um, fuck, Cotufas. Let's see. Ah, I don't fucking know, bro. What the okay. fuck? What does Cotufas? So Cotufas Cotuf- means popcorn in Venezuela. Cotufas. Yeah, Cotufas. And it comes from the label corn to fry. So we were just following the label. Corn to fry. Corn oh to fry. My goodness, we were following what? the label. Cotufas, corn to fry. Corn oh. to fry. Uh, <laughs> okay, what about Baguada? Baguada. Yeah, Baguada. Oh, Baguada. not this one. I forgot what I said last time. Um, it's I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't catch it. So Baguada comes from the English bad weather. Baguada. Bad Baguada. weather. Baguada. Baguada is bad weather. Bad weather. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What about pico? Pico. Okay. Well, pico in 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 Barranquilla, where I'm from, pico means the nice, the big stereo soundtrack. So. It's a big equipment of uh, music that we listen to. And if you go in Barranquilla, you'll listen to music everywhere you go. So yeah, everyone's like always partying. It's 6 a.m. and people are playing music. You mean Puerto La Cruz, Venezuela? Oh. Shout out to my people. Sh- shout out to the Venezuelan people. It's, yeah. Uh, it means pickup truck. Pickup truck. Okay, okay. Pickup yeah. truck, pickup. Uh, okay. Makes sense. So these are not borrowed from English. What do you think the word burda means? Burda. 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 No idea, bro. Burda. Burda. A crap ton. A burda. Fuck. Burda. A crap yeah, ton. A crap yeah. ton. So, for example, tengo burda de examines this week. I have a crap, crap ton of exams. This week. This hey. week. Yeah. Uh, now, this is only a Venezuelan word, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping you get it completely wrong. Yeah. What does empalagado mean? Empalagado. Yeah. It sounds like empanadas, which is food. Sounds like, oh, okay, yeah. it's food related. It's food related. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I'm guessing it's some kind of some kind of dish or some kind of sensation or something it's a sensation let's call it that so it's basically the word that you use when you've eaten too much sweet stuff and you're just like empalagado empalagado oh, okay uh, you know what we say that in 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 barranquillero in barranquillero slang costeño slang cule hueso it means like what a bone because the food because the food is so dry the <laughs> food is so dry <laughs> cule hueso you know? cule hueso okay yeah. now the, I'll, add that, I'll add that to my lexicon yeah, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay uh okay you, you know vaina right Esa vaina, Esa yeah. vaina. But vaina is shared by a lot of people across Shout the Shout out America. to the Dominicans who also use vaina. vaina. Yeah. Uh, what about macundales? Macundales. Nah, that sounds like uh, that sounds like something draconian, uh, macundian, something like that. No, macundales, mm-hmm. your school supplies. Your school supplies. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So basically, in the morning when you're running raid, remember to grab your macundales. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all yeah, right. That's all the that's oh. all the slang. That's all slang. Okay. All right. So we're gonna be playing some music to face out here. Um, following our show, you could hear um, 
the good medicine show by your lovely cam here all right so up next for music you got che carnaval by checo acosta followed by la bicicleta by the world famous shakira which is from barranquilla as well and carlos vives all right and with that i want to send you off to some music Take it easy, folk. This has been CGSW 19.9. This is the SU Weekly Show. SU stands for Student Union Weekly Show. I've been Arlington Antonio Santiago, one of your co-hosts, and my guest here is... Carlos Martinez. Carlos Martinez. What a nice name, hey? Yeah. All right. The John Doe of Latin America. The John Doe, bro. <laughs> the Smith. The Smith of Latin America. Martinez. Martinez. All, right. All right, let's go back to some music, guys. Take it easy, and I'll see you. Catch you next week.
sea 